Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to a, a very, and I mean very, special episode of the Mo Show podcast. One of the reasons, uh, uh, the guy in front of me is one of the reasons why I started this venture. Uh, he needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it anyway, because uh, it would be a shame not to. With 114 episodes published and probably five being edited currently, if not more, Anas has had some of the biggest personalities on his show, AB Talks. It's an absolute honor to welcome someone who I very much look up to in this business and as a human being as well, Mr. Anas Bukhash. Welcome, Habib Anas. Shukran, thank you. So this is, uh, Jeddah is a stop that you make quite frequently. I saw you in the F1 last year. Yeah. And you very sneakily came back this time, huh? It's, Always. It's your second home, you know that. I've said that to you the first time I saw you. Alhamdulillah, it seems I have many homes. <laughs> you do. So, Anas, before we start, um, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. How are you really doing? So it's your question now, yeah? It's everybody's question. I've been or it trying be. to do that for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> How am I really doing? Um, I'm calm, but my mind is at the same time busy, if that even makes sense. Um, I have a very hectic uh, few weeks coming up. So until I feel like I'm in control, I'm a bit uh, anxious or not fully rested or composed. I, I always like to control as much as I can. What contributes to your to your to your stress or not being calm? I just I'm a very structured guy. I know what is in my hands and what is in my hands I try to control. There are a lot of factors that are not in your hands and those it's pointless to worry about. Uh, I, I'm not too I'm quite a person that lives in the moment. I've learned that I am very much in the moment. Um, so now I just want to be efficient. The next few weeks, I want it to be structured, well, uh, well optimized, effective. Yes. When was the last time you've uh, gone on vacation, took a holiday? A full-on vacation? It's nearly impossible. Which is like a month, let's say. How no, would you never. classify a, a full-on vacation? I don't know what that is for a very long time. I know what I can. I can be on vacation, but at the same time, I still do some work. So can I say that I've been 100% on a vacation any time in the last bunch of years? No. The reason why I ask you um, when you, you know, go on holiday, do you, do you, do you work or not? Because I, I, I follow Tim Ferriss uh, quite, quite avidly. And, and he says that, you know, he'd bunch up a couple of episodes and, and go on a two, three month vacation and, and not have to worry about anything. Mm. But I sense that that's not how you operate. I do have backup. I mean, when COVID hit, um, we we were probably one of the very few, if not the only show that had a new episode every week. The whole COVID period is just because we were so obsessed prior that we shot so many episodes, not knowing what's happening actually or what's going to happen. But fortunately, I just had a nice collection. So when COVID came, I'm like, release, release every week. And people that I think was a very, it was a good milestone for AB Talks because people were bored or were stuck and they needed to connect to something and the show is quite deep it helped and it went uninterrupted you uninterrupted had zero i don't think we've missed no i no, not i don't think i know we haven't missed a week for over two and a half years it's amazing alhamdulillah how big is your team small well that's what people don't realize i mean you have two of the team here um and two now in the hotel uh full time at the moment i think we're five and part-time a few more here and there i wanted to ask you 
starting out AB Talks, when you started, when you produced episode one and published it, was your vision or plan to have it be as big as it is today? I have to rewind and I have a poor memory. Um, but if I rewind, I can safely say I always knew it would be big. Um, because for me, it's not a secret formula. Uh, the formula is very straightforward, but not as easy. It's simple to pronounce, but very, uh, it's a complete different thing to actually apply. So, the, and this I've learned anymore down the years. If you uh, have passion, if you um, work really hard at it consistently, and you're actually good at it, there's only one way that this ends if it ends or grows, you know what I mean? So it's very simple. If Mo decides to post once every month and sometimes you go on a vacation for two months and then you post, then what are you expecting? Same going to the gym, same cooking, same learning any skill. You go to the gym once every week and you're like, oh, I don't know why my body's not changing, obviously. Or you go to the gym more, but you don't eat well or you don't sleep well. For me, I just knew and I wanted to try it and I wasn't, I remember I had to really get better at being an interviewer because I had to listen to what people said. And a lot of people, I don't think I was a good listener before AB Talks. Just going to ask you about the listening part. No. It's half I don't the battle, so. right? Correct. And uh, I remember the first few episodes, um, in the comments, people were like, uh, why are you interrupting? Why don't you let the person finish? Why are you intimidating? Why are you bullying? Or those kind of comments oh, and wow. and when you hear <clears throat> when you hear once maybe it can be a hater when you hear twice thrice when you hear a couple then there might be something to it and then you're like hmm if you're open-minded enough and you can actually control your ego there is something to learn it's free audit and i'm like you know can i swear by the way you okay, you. perfect uh, and i'm like okay maybe i'm not that good of a listener because i always i've always been a speaker a lecturer you know i'm like Okay, f this, you know, let me let me be the best listener ever. The best, just like really focus on on being the best you can be. Uh, and I, I think it was a mental switch at that point. And then I'm like, okay, I'll be in the person. So sometimes even after an interview, I get a headache because I'd be so focused on the person for 90 minutes. I'll, after it, I am drained. It's not that simple or mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're echoing something I read in Larry King's book uh, and his advice to up and coming interviewers was shut up and listen, because only then will you be able to generate a question that will be far greater than any question you would have come prepared with. Nice. And I, I have so many follow up questions and it beats anything that I have listed here. Good. You know, for, <laughs> you're just echoing the words of one of the greats and uh, it's a privilege to hear you speak so candidly about your experiences. Um, definitely something I want to incorporate in my new career. Um, before AB Talks, what were you doing for a living? And what made you tick and say, this isn't me, if, it did, if you did say that? Yeah, I did. Um, but I don't do it prematurely. And I think that's the difference. Um, so if I have to summarize, I I studied. I my first passion was football. Always has been, first love. 
really passionate about it and I actually became very good at it but I think a bit late I, I became very good when I was in Boston um, Captain Majid was the inspo definitely I think I, and I've heard that it, it, Captain Majid or Subasa in Japan actually created a whole wave of a generation in Japan that were into football because of this anime it's crazy and I'm not surprised yeah uh, we heard the dub then it had an influence imagine so that was the first passion but then I went through the typical train of a scholarship and the scholarship was chemical engineering then I switched to mechanical but coming back to the point of football I became really good when I was in college in Boston so I played varsity then I played semi-pro then I played for a club also there then I played um, for the all-star Massachusetts team under 23 so I became actually good MLS bound yeah but I can't because I'm a student visa ah. from semi-pro is the maximum you they can give you okay. on that visa what position do you play a striker or winger um, second striker not at the goal okay if if you like football you I know. love it and I'm with okay. you on this. Yeah. so uh, that was the first passion studied something I don't like or not interested in got the grades because I was generally okay academically um, but then I, I graduated and I know my life split into two parallels literally so I still try to give it a go with football so I'll try to make this clear uh, the first line was the typical boring route mm -hmm. that we're all usually pushed into so that had the oil and gas was the first stop as an engineer so I worked in the desert in an oil field uh, back home mm. and then after that it was property development because Dubai was being developed a lot at that stage uh, so D3 was one of my projects the design district a few also uh, and then after that Dubai Cares which is a philanthropic organization that works with UNICEF Save the Children and all of these so I was in charge of some nice countries Yemen Comoros Mauritania Bangladesh and then I switched to football I was working for the UA Football Association but the league so I was the CEO of the league so this is the first parallel and why did I say I don't uh, say this early or prematurely is because I actually try so I tried oil and gas I tried and I really did I noticed my cycle was around two and a half to three years where at that at the end of it I'm like ah I really tried I don't think this is for me out the second parallel was the passion so the first passion was football I really tried and you're actually in this now you have a corporate job that's your first parallel as Mo and the second is probably this one right you're absolutely right um, so then it's this battle of the balance between or how can I take it to the next level if I'm in between two so football I tried I remember running away from the oil field every day in my Corolla I say Corolla because it was quite funny I would it's such a fragile car and small car and I would be on this very dark highway very dark like at night there's no lights and it was um, a route for trucks so uh, it's so light that every time a truck passes you you go Voom, and the car goes to one side and I remember I used to run because I'm we're not, we were not allowed to so I would escape the the accommodation and I would go to the football club I used to play in you're a rebel from the beginning, huh? Not too much, I guess. But it was a passion, you know? And I really had to try. Yeah. I had a shitty coach, I remember. Uh, anyways, uh, I remember at one point, 
And this is now then I had three surgeries at that stage, two knee, one wrist. And uh, at one point, this truck really passed me very badly. And my car went into the, you know, the, the gap between this, this way and this way on the highway. Yeah, yeah, the gap that had palm trees and sand. And I didn't hit the palm tree. Imagine hitting the palm tree at 120. You're done. And I'm like, this man, like it's just not working. What happened? What happened to you? No, I didn't hit the. You went through between the. Hey, he, the, the truck pushed me so that I lost control and I went into the sand. But the sand, I didn't hit the palm. And I'm like, no, no, it's not you. It's not happening. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm old in football years, three surgeries, and I'm like, hey, you know, whatever. And then I remember after that. But in the meantime, I opened the Hadaf Sports Club as the first startup. So I'll try to go quickly. It in, was indoor football. Yeah, played there. First AstroTurf yeah, yeah, in there. the UAE. Yeah. Uh, because I saw AstroTurf in Boston, yeah. I'm like, shit, this would be go- so good in Dubai. Yeah. Air-conditioned, blah, blah. It goes, yeah? Yeah, you are? Yeah. So that was number one. Then we opened Bukhash Brothers, which was... So the Adaf was the first AstroTurf pitches in the UAE. Bukhash Brothers was the first influencer marketing agency in the UAE. There, well, there was no license. We had to create the license for the department. Yeah. And then we did a fashion brand called Buka. Then we did... Um, and it was the first, or one of the first, I don't want to claim it, uh, street fashion brands to be produced in Dubai, which was very hard to do because we don't have a fashion industry yet. Um, what year are we talking? Twelve. Buka, two thousand sixteen, Yumkin. And then I did chalk, which is the a hair unisex hair salon. It's doing well also. Good. Then AB talks, and then my brother is focusing on not so guilty, which is like a cafe. Okay. So, yeah. So this is the startup. So that's the parallels I wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. But then at the last one, the football one, which is supposed to be the one, because I'm a football guy, I'm in the league now, you know, I'm running most of it. After two years more, I'm like, no, not for me. And then I quit everything, went to Ahdaf, then from Ahdaf to Bukhash Brothers, and then all of this happened. Wow. Yeah. So... Those are the two parallels. I think you would relate because you're somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm just between two parallels. But you have like, what, four or five things you're juggling at once. Yes. I mean, being able to distribute your time fairly between all ventures. um, How how are you managing to, to do all that? Because it's a lot. I'm very good at time management. Is that the secret? I think. Um. Like I told you when it came to, you told me, oh, did you think AB Talks would be successful? And I said, yes. It's the same thing, I think. Yani, it's simple formulas of life and people think it's cheesy or a TikTok video. But it's not. It's simple, but it's so f***ing hard to do. And this is what people don't realize. You know why I'm not worried when I do something more? Is because I'm in it for a marathon. I'm not doing a hundred meter sprint. So when I see people coming or copying or trying to do a similar concept, a similar salon or, or similar cafe or similar show, and I know they're not doing it because they enjoy interviewing. They're doing it because they enjoy the idea of popularity or the enjoy or the idea of being a certain popular person. I'm not worried because one, I'm not competing with anybody. I really, really, truly compete with myself. I don't check other people's pages. I don't go snooping around what people do. Yes, you can get inspired. You can get inspired by Larry King's book, of course. Adam, he's a master. 
something he something you read there might help you elevate your game of course like a basketball player watching a lebron or a michael or kobe and you're like oh okay this is how they train and this is how discipline you get inspired but don't copy and this is where people are like oh, it's the best form of uh, flattery or it's a compliment but it's annoying it is. it's not nice and what disappoints me like i why did i come by the way i didn't come on this show because i need an interview um, and I'm going to be very frank with you. I came on this show because I truly think you're doing it because you actually enjoy it more. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. Thank you. That means a lot to me. You know, I don't need to talk to somebody. But if I am in a position where I can appreciate somebody who's actually doing it for the right reasons, I will celebrate you. But if I feel you're just in it because you want likes and views and popularity for the wrong reasons, I'm not going to be a supporter. No. So I respect people who are doing it for... I don't want to be the only Shomo. No, that, that's not the goal of AB Talks. The goal of AB... When you told me, how are you really doing? I was happy. I wouldn't be like, ah, it's copyright. Like copyright. It's not my words. I need people to ask their mothers this question. Yeah. I need you to ask your child. Ha, Baba. Habibi, kif until yom? Kif? La, la, sud, sud, Baba. Kif anta? Ta'ali, la, sa'ad, waldik. I need... This is the goal. It should be bigger than Mo. It should be bigger than Anas. It should be huge. When we die, we should have left this place with some more depth, some more realism, some more honesty, some more humanity, because everybody's trying to put this fake facade online. Not everybody. I, I need to fix that. Majority. A lot of people. Yeah. And that's the problem with also our young kids watching this. They think this is what the, the image they should portray. And it's beautiful that shows that have what we're trying to preach or you or X or Y that's, that are celebrating humanity and frankness, this is when there are people celebrating us, it's a blessing because it shows there's a lack for it, which is an oxymoron. Because it's nice that they're celebrating it, but they're celebra celebrating it also because it's rare. Because it's not very. Which is a shame. It should be the norm. Honesty should be more of a norm, you know. Being raw should be more of a, a norm. Being vulnerable should be more of a norm. But it's not so at the moment we stand out. When it becomes a more popular thing and we're, we don't matter anymore, I guess that's success also because people have become more vulnerable. Or So I don't know how we got here, but... Um, I don't care how we got here. We yeah, got here. We did. And I'm glad that we're here. And and there's a reason why I started with that because it's it's one of... It's your slogan and I love it. You have it on your coffee mugs and I love the fact that I saw that because it's the one question that I feel if it was asked more often, as you just mentioned, the world would be a better place. I think if it's asked with intention. Yeah. Sometimes we come back to the, I think something that's um, roaming around in our conversation today is simple formulas that are so easy to say, but not easy to do. Yeah. So how are you really doing? You can walk in those, okay, okay, how are you? Yeah, right. And you just go, you don't even look. Yeah. Waiter comes, you're like, yeah, hey, thanks. And you don't even look. Did you just do for a second and say, hey, what's your name? Tough day, yeah? He'd be like, yeah, tough. Oh, when do you finish? And actually care. Don't just say it because it looks good in front of somebody in front of you. I mean, just be sincere with some you know, basics, man. The waiter won't forget that moment for weeks and months to come yeah. if he had that interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah is one of the most subconscious responses in, in modern day history. Hmm. Uh, you know, and and uh, like you, you it it means nothing, and that's why I see that you know you really harp on it because it bothers you like it bothers me that 
it, it has no value. A lot of things, more words are cheap if not used properly. And that's why we have to be picky with our words. I respect when I ask somebody in an interview and I'm saying, have you been depressed? They're like, and I've had two people recently say this. They're like, mm, I've been really upset, but depression is a really big word. I don't want to use it lightly. I'm like, yes, you respect that word. Even the word love. You don't go telling every single person I love you. Don't cheapen it. But when you tell somebody you love them, make them feel it in their bones that you love them. When you tell somebody, hey, Mo, I miss you, bro. I really miss you. Should feel it. You should be like, "Oof, Anas, oof, Allah, yam." He meant it. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming in two weeks. Yeah. That's the beauty. Respect the words. Exactly. Respect yeah. the words. Yeah, totally. Yeah. With all the hard-hitting questions that you have um, conveyed on your guests in 114 episodes and more, mashallah, was there a response that got you emotional? That got you unable to sleep for the next couple of days? That stayed with you? Is there a moment that you were like, God? I wasn't ready for that response. No. No, nothing made me lose sleep. Did certain answers make me emotional? Yes. Because if it's if I start to talk about your son now, and I talk about my son, and I keep talking about it, you're going to feel something. You know how, how blessed we are as fathers. How blessed, Adam. Sure, na'ma, hadiyya min Allah. It's a, it's a mini you. It's a mix of somebody you love and you and one. It's a miracle. And they're healthy. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. They're, they're sweet. They're, they love you whether you're ugly, smart, big, short. One of the most beautiful things in life is to get a child. Could not emphasize or say what you just said any better. I look at them every day. I'm like, it's a miracle. You know, it's a, it's a miracle, this. And one of the questions I have further down is, you know, something you feel that everyone should go through in life and don't answer it. But my answer to that question is, feel fatherhood. It's an amazing feeling. Hmm. It's a different kind of love, hmm. really, because you will find strength, strength to get up and play, strength to protect, strength to make a better life, strength, strength that you never thought you had. Yeah. Without Adam, there's no this. I did this because I felt that it'll provide a better life for him. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I've never even realized that. Hmm. It's the first time I'm realizing it. I swear to God, guys. It's the first time I'm realizing it. I would have been happy with the corporate job. Yeah, Ratib J is all good, chill. I want a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, I want a little bit more. So you, I did this. You got emotional when I talked about Adam. You called it. Hmm. You called it. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm on AB Talks. <laughs> <laughs> It's more talk to Anas. God, you flipped it on me. Mm. I guess that's the game today. It's tennis. <laughs> yes. We're flipping it on each oh other. Oh my God, I'm not used to being grilled. <laughs> but you said, you said, you know, if we were to talk about our kids, Adam, you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to strike a nerve with you. A nice, like, you can't even fake that shit. You can't. <laughs> you can't. And you know, I'll tell you a story <laughs> that you know, maybe people who just follow my, my trips, so, but uh, not maybe, maybe not everybody. Um, you know when I knew, because look, I'm quite cold sometimes. I know that. I'm when I'm focused at work, I'm harsh, very disciplined. And people like Taqasi, oh, you know, very cold or very harsh. And uh, even as a father, I'm you know I'm divorced. I have two beautiful kids. They have a very good relationship, even with their mother. Alhamdulillah, that's a blessing on its own. Um, 
but I'm not with them all the time. I'm with them often. Like I see them, I'd say three to four times a week, alhamdulillah. It's very flexible whenever I feel like it. But also I'm very structured even with their time. I want to give them quality. So I give, I give them the amount of hours that I can. And you never know until you're really in a situation how intrinsically it's a force of nature. And I'll explain. I took them last year to Switzerland. Hey, Switzerland. First day, Mo. Uh, I, I I wanted to take them to nature once once a year, so the first day was me, Hassan, my brother, Majid, and Khalid, my kids, and uh, Khalid is, is petite still, and uh, they're like, this is the bike, and I'm like, that bike looks a bit big. They're like, ah, oh, that's the smallest. This is what we prepared for him. I'm like, okay, I hope the route is easy, and he can drive, but he's not a sturdy bicycle rider. So we go on this trail for uh, Swissra. And it was rocky. So I, it was uh, the, tra- the the tour guide, Hassan, Majid, Khalid, and me. So I stayed behind just to keep an eye. And this is the first fatherly instinct, which is typical Adi. I'm not going to brag about this. And uh, I'm following him and I'm giving him instructions. So we reach a trail where if this is the trail, there is a cliff down. And it's a rocky trail and it's not too steep, but it's like this. And it starts to go sloping down. And you, now you as a father imagine this. And I'm behind him. And I'm like, Baba, slow down. Uh, don't press on the brake too hard. And not the front brake. Because, you know, the front brake, chief is doing So I'm like, yeah, slowly, Baba. Slowly, slowly. Shh, shh, shh. Okay. And I'm after, behind him. And I see it's getting rockier and getting a bit more steep. And there's a fucking cliff on the left. And like, Khalid, slowly, Baba, slowly. And I can see he goes, gee, he's, he's starting to do this. He's, he, the, the, the wheel or the steering is not His hands are too small I'm Like fuck he's gonna fall So I start to speed And when I reach him Like I'm fast now When I reach him He falls In front of me on, on the stones Wallah Without I don't remember this moment Aslan, Because it wasn't a decision And this is what I'm trying to come to I didn't make a decision it was full break. يعني لعند أم البريك. Boom! Because if I kept going, I'll hit him. He fell in front of me. So he's on the floor, and I break, and I go whoop. Over. I fly over him and my bike. It was fast, so it, we flew. I flew over, and I fall in front of him. I literally miss him. So I fall. I look back, I'm, and he's crying. He's like, oh, but I'm like, you okay, Baba? He's like, I'm okay, okay. And he looks like this. He's like, Baba, your leg. So I look at my leg. I have a huge scar, but it's, it's, it's covered now. And my leg is open. And I can see my bone. And it's bleeding. And he goes, your leg. I'm, and I'm like, because I think I slashed it on the metal of the bike when I landed. I didn't feel because the adrenaline is just so high. And this is the father natural instinct, right? But I was so thankful that I didn't think twice. And this is where I knew I have it, this father thing that we have. Not all fathers have it, I think, by the way. But it was relieving to know that I wouldn't think twice. Your bone was showing? Yeah, yeah. You didn't know, you didn't feel it? No. Then I, to after, like, it started to bleed, bleed, bleed. It was a bad gash. I'll show you after. How and many stitches? I think it was 12 or 13. 
I don't care about and that. Then, Your bones are showing. That's serious. I have, I have pictures. Winter, you had no idea. Adrenaline. I knew it was powerful, but... But God. imagine hitting him and getting cut. That would be a bad case scenario, but I completely miss him. So it was a nice yeah. thing to know that you could do anything. You know, it's a beautiful thing. For sure. Yeah. You slept well that night. With yeah. all, with all with the, the stitches. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a crazy ass story. Crazy. It's a story that I loved it. You would feel it. Sorry, that that but wow, that's a that's mm -hmm. fatherly love. And I can tell you feel it. Like I can see how emotional you are with my story, and it's my story. It's beautiful, you know. Alhamdulillah. You don't think you because you're ready to die for them. Mm -hmm. You know, if there was a cliff on the edge and it, and it meant you you block them so they stay and you fall. You? Literally, this is what I'm trying to say. It was it was foreign to me. You, you know when you said. When you have kids or you become a father, you learn a new love. I, I remember always saying, you have a new definition of love in your dictionary. Yeah, You've never felt that kind of love. Well it's really new. Yeah. Like you could have fallen in love with 10 women in your life or your friend or whatever. You love so many people. Loving your child is so, it's, it's, it's in your genes, I guess. I don't know, something. Yeah. And it's weird for somebody who's usually very harsh. So that moment that you would actually because people say would you throw yourself for somebody if you were really honest you'd be like nah you know i probably saved myself but then you know shit i would throw myself yeah. i would literally kill myself for my child yeah. it's something you're born with and it's beautiful yeah yeah that yeah. you're willing to sacrifice your life for someone just to protect them you know it reminds me of john q hey i know you like those movies yeah. but you would be Denzel I would be Denzel without even thinking twice that's mm. why that movie was one of his best because every father and mother could relate to it mm. of course open me up take my heart if it means that my son can continue living like it's not even something that you contemplate you just do it I remember he put a gun to the doctor's head he's like either I shoot you or you or you operate yeah it's fucking deep very and it's Beautiful. It's a weird way. Sure. Beautiful. Like sure. that you you discover that you're willing to do that for somebody. It's rare. By the way, any honest even wife or husband, if they tell them, would you sacrifice yourself for a partner? A lot of them will say yes, because the other person is going to hear that interview or are sitting next to them. But deep, deep, deep down, out of 10 couples who would literally do it if it actually happened, I'd probably say two, two out of 10 who would literally do it. Eight probably no, but when you realize for your child, which is a special love, there's no multiple choice. It's one choice. Yeah. It's different. Mm. Best part of your job? Best part of my job is I own my time. And that's a huge blessing. When you're a corporate person or a private sector or whatever, you don't own your time. No. Mo or X or Ahmed or Leila or Sarah, let them go apply for leave. They'll give you the leave. Okay, apply for the leave as soon as you come back. Maybe if the boss really likes you, say, okay, fine, do it the third time. He'll tell you no. He'll say, what are you kidding? Or he'll give you a warning letter. So technically, you don't own your time. So the best blessing I have today is I own my time, Mo. I can decide, I'll wake up, I want to go to the gym. And then I'll do these three meetings and one, one Zoom call. Then I'm going to go say hi to my grandmother. Then I'm going to come back. Then I feel like going for a walk at the beach. I'll go for a walk at the beach. And then my mom called me. She wants to go get a jacket. 
in one day I would have done 16 things while somebody's done two. And I chose what to do with my time. I manage it. So even like sometimes now, I think even with employees, you have to start to think, how can I respect their time as long as they do what they have to do, man? You want to come at the office at 11. You want to go to your yoga class. You want to do a massage. You want to do your nails. Do you know your goals? Do you know what you need to do? Okay, I'll respect your time. You know, and I think the more we reach, I think the corporate world is changing. It's evolving. Government uh, sectors is changing and evolving. I think we're becoming more we know what to look at. Somebody coming at 9.02 instead of 9 doesn't make a fucking difference. Oh, warning letter. Three times you came two minutes late. Seriously? It's too much emphasis on that. And somebody sitting there having a croissant and reading the paper yeah. for two hours. But now oh, he came on time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what talk is to me the, about productivity. What are the KPIs here? You know? So we need to look at the right criteria. Is this person elevating your, your team? Do they give you something back? Okay, respect their time. You know? I read somewhere recently and it spoke to me, be disciplined with your time or someone will be disciplined with you. <laughs> and I said that when I start doing this full time, if I'm not disciplined with my time, you know, and I'll be back in corporate slavery mm. with that collar around my neck. Mm. Be disciplined with your time. You said that, you know, when you wake up, you do this, you do that, you, that you have a schedule, you're disciplined. If you sit, and I've heard you talk about it a lot with um, Abu Fella, one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite. Mm. Chemistry was on another level. Mm. He genuinely made you laugh that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you that exactly that yeah, point that yeah, one killed me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I never experienced love. Um, and you, you said that, you know, I and, and after that episode, I downloaded Google Calendar okay. and I started plugging in all my shit and I have my day structured. And you said that, you know, if, if I don't structure myself, I'm lost. Of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're going to lose uh, time for your wife, for your child, for Mo, for your work, for your friends, for your family, if you're not disciplined. Because life is a bitch. It's going to take you your time, big time. It's going to just latch onto everything and just keep sucking it out of you and if you don't really give everything what it deserves or at least a bit you'll be like shit i forgot to call my mom called me two days ago i forgot to call her back oh i was supposed to take this to my this is what happens to most people right everything control your time like can you believe it's been six years since you started the bookish brothers Time flies. You said Even more. Bukhar Brothers 2014. 14. Eight years. Eight years. I left yeah. debate 2010. 12 years. Mm. If I had a son by the time when I left debate, he'd be 12 years old. He'd be a teenager almost. Like, But you ask me when did I debate, I'd tell you, oh, three, three, four years ago. La Allah. 12 years ago I left. Mm. Time flies. Mm. If you don't right. manage it, it'll manage you. It will, yeah, I guess. I guess that's just the difference. Everybody has the same 24 hours. It's how do you manage it? Yeah, I like what Nobody you said. has 23, 25. Or I wish we can buy more. Yeah. Do you spend 10 hours sleeping or do you spend six? Do you watch three Netflix episodes after each other or do you watch one? What do you do? How, how disciplined are you with your time? And, and how disciplined are we with us, with ourselves? You know, you can tell people, oh, I'm this way and this way. Okay, what about you when you're alone? Do you have rules for yourself? Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, mm. congrats on getting on that. Thank you, man. How did that uh, pan out? And 
was it something that you were like, "Woo, yes, I'm on Netflix now. Did they reach you? Did you reach them? Can you chime in? The history is, I remember, this is the actual story. Netflix is very tough to get hold of because they're a huge organization and God knows how many people try to reach them or pitch or whatnot. I remember after trying a few avenues, we found, I think, the right email or two emails. And I remember they went through it at that stage back in the day and they said, uh, no, not part of our strategy plan at this stage. So uh, we try. I'm a trier. I don't mind a no at all. Uh, I, I prefer to know rather than be in limbo. I don't like I don't like unclear people. I don't like unclear relationships. I don't clear anything unclear. Ma. I don't like it. Vague, I don't like. Tell me no. I know where I stand. So they said, I remember it was something about their strategy and blah, blah, blah. And I remember Nikita, the show manager, was really upset. She's like, I can't believe it. They should know the value of this show. It's a really good show. It would do so well on Netflix. And I, she can tell you the story. And I'm like, Nikki, relax. They'll come back. When the time is right, they're going to come back. And I swear to God, Mo, I think exactly a year after, the same chain of emails, I think they clicked reply to all, and they said that they wanted to talk. So this time they came. And I told her, they'll come back. Just wait. Called it. We keep working. We keep getting better. We keep doing better show, better content, better guests. It's like I said, simple formulas, but are you consistent? Are you elevating the Mo show every week or every two weeks or every three weeks? Are you getting inspired by new ideas? Are you getting the right sponsor, the right videographer, the right editor, the right researcher? What are you doing? How are you becoming better? Are you becoming a better interviewer, better questions, better listening? It's just bound to happen if you just keep knocking. And I, I was very confident at that stage. I'm not young also at, at, at this level, so I'm not too fragile when somebody tells me, no, it's okay. And one year later, I think they clicked reply to all and they asked for a meeting and that's how it panned out. Alhamdulillah, now two seasons in. So to, to answer also the, the other question you said, it was a milestone for me. Is it enough? No, not at all. I was happy to see that content coming out of our region on Netflix. I was okay. really proud because it's a representation of who we are. That's yeah. something that's misconstrued in the West. One of the reasons why I started this is because I wanted to change the perception of Saudi and the region to the West in English. In mm. a language they know, in an accent that they're comfortable hearing. Mm. And when you made it on Netflix, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, definitely. Because after September 11th, we didn't have many favors being done for us. Mm. And I was a product of September 11th. I was living in the States. That happened. I couldn't get my visa renewed. I had to come back here, enter Dubai, which is where I lived for five years. I'll never change anything about what happened. Mm. Uh, but I didn't like the sour taste that was in the mouths of the West that was inherited by the Brits after September 11th, and you guys are X. No, excuse me, we're not X, we're Y. And I'm gonna show you why we're Y. Whenever in the States, they're like, uh, are you really Saudi Arabian? You, know? you don't look it, you don't speak it. So now we have a chance to amplify that. And I'm talking about amplifying, you being on Netflix, it's what you know the world watches. And I was so mm -hmm. proud that, that some of our shit, I can, your content, I consider it ours. Was, was on there. Yeah. It's a milestone for me as an Arab, to be yeah. very honest with you. Thank you. Yeah. I think there's a huge difference, Mo. Um, I think, look, I'm not going to blame the West. I'm not going to blame East, West, North, South. I think we are the enemy of us. And I'll explain a bit more. 
When I talk to somebody who creates a new specialty coffee brand, for example, I'll make it as an example. Like, hey, what's up, bro? A nice concept, really nice interior design, great coffee, man. What are your, you know, business plans? Uh, you want to go to, you know, the Gulf? You want to go take this to London? What do what you want to do? Because it's a solid brand. And some of them are really solid. You know that. And he's like, oh, yeah, and I'll open maybe in this other neighborhood. I'm like, no, I mean city, country. Come on, Anas. What do you mean another city? Are you going to shoot Starbucks? I'm like, why not? So, and I'm like, if you don't believe in you, who will believe in you? Really, who? If you if you sit alone in your bed and you don't think you're worth it, you don't think you're good enough, nobody's going to even sniff it around you. Your aura, your energy, your confidence is all off. And we've put our these limitations on ourselves. I really think so. And when I hear somebody out of his mouth who is actually good, he does the best coffee probably in 10 countries that we've been. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you saying? If But you, he doesn't have it, this idea that I can. So the one of the points I always try to tell people, instead of thinking why, because there are many whys, instead of thinking why, think why not? Or why the f*** not? Why can't we create a pizza that can be a franchise in, in Europe and in America? Why can't we create a podcast? What's the difference? They're human, we're human. If you have it, you have it. If you're talented, you're talented. What's the secret? Same with our footballers. Same, they're like, oh, show Europe, Champions League. I'm like... Why not, man? Muhammad Salah is a great ambassador today. Great ambassador for all these kids watching him. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe. Maybe he's huge. huge. Why not is huge? Why is bad? Because you're like, Lala, why would they choose me? Why would I? they want me in their club? Why would they think I'm good? Very negative. Why not? Make it why not. So I want to reverse that. Yes, there is a lot of maybe sour taste or prejudice or stereotypes like in we have also of other nationalities in other countries but we can break it more like maybe you also the way you're thinking now you're like no you know why not my next step is i want to do this more it doesn't have to be full-time you can say 70 percent of my time like me it's not full-time but you know what why not let me do it. maybe this is something that when i go to london i can do the more show in london go take your mics it's easy it's easy easy to say yeah you know, it starts from within. You're right. Absolutely. If we don't think we're worth it more, wallah, nobody, nobody is going to make it. And yeah. nobody will. And see that last three, four minutes of invaluable information. I sum it up with if you don't believe in yourself, nobody, nobody will. Forget it. Starts from within. You, we do see, like Mike Tyson talks about uh, his trainer. I forgot his name, so I don't want to try saying it wrong. But his trainer, he said he was the first guy who saw it in me. Sometimes we do have angels. That uh, that see more than you see in yourself, and you hear this in many stories, especially young talents. You know that they say this teacher, or this coach, or this person told me, "Man, you have a great voice," and you're like, "No, no, I mean, you know." And they're like, "No, you have a good voice," and and suddenly, that one person, that teacher, made you feel shit. Maybe, maybe. And uh, I think there's a very nice story of Maya Angelou. Uh, God rest her soul. She was sitting next to her mom. I think I'll, I'll try to get the story right. She's sitting at a bus stop and her mom turns to her and she says something on the lines of, Maya, do you know you're the greatest woman I've ever met? And you know, a child, and then, oh, come on, mom. And I think I would imagine her mom really meant it. And Maya says, I think later on when she grew up, she's like, at that moment, 
I thought maybe I am بس just that one person believing in you might change everything and then you build because they saw something you didn't you know but coming back also to the quote that you summarized one eventually you have to believe in you eventually maybe in the beginning you need somebody to say oh you're a good footballer oh you did this oh you're a good chess player you're a good uh, I don't know whatever maybe you need some of those just to get you on that journey at some point though you need to be like okay I got this I'm good affirmations positive affirmations was there a turning point for your life few I think quitting corporate is definitely one university was one I think university you, you're a Bostonian for me it was a crash course man maybe not even a crash just a proper course did you finish high school in the UAE and did yeah. four years straight in, in Boston yeah so my life is Syracuse baby years New York Dubai till high school Boston University then back to Dubai BC Eagles huh? BU, BU Northeastern sorry Northeastern Huskies Huntington Ave yeah, yeah. <laughs> so university for sure marriage for sure divorce for sure Uh, leaving corporate for sure AB talks for sure is there one that sits on the top of uh, that ladder uh, as a turning point they're all turns they're all turns um, definitely quitting corporate is one definitely because suddenly and I don't I'm not urging people to quit corporate I really want to make this clear my dad is a corporate guy my brother is a corporate guy and they're great at their jobs some people should be in corporate that's them that was not me that's it so for me that was huge that I can be an entrepreneur and people think entrepreneur is sexy it's hard by the way and if you're not ready to do all the shit that you don't like doing And I've been talking about this recently and I call it tax. So for Mo to be able to do the Mo show, there's a tax. Maybe you have to keep your corporate job because you need the money. It's your tax. But you say, my tax is 30% of the shit that I don't like in my life. But it's my tax, 30% I'll do it. It's still I get to do the Mo show. I still have time with Adam. I still have time with my wife. It's the tax. So... An entrepreneur has a high tax. You need to do legal, HR, procurement. So many things you don't like. And I, I talked with the team about this also recently. Like a mother who has to change the diapers, who has to look after the kid, who has to breastfeed, who has to do all of these, annoying, wake up in the middle of the night and she hasn't slept. She doesn't enjoy any of this. No mother says, I love not having sleep. But it's the tax to have, hopefully, a beautiful, healthy, smart human. For... The tax uh, to for an entrepreneur I meant is is high, but the, also the rewards are good if that's what you you are in nature. So I would say corporate. I would say also uh, getting divorced was also uh, a turning point because I don't know. Being single also suited me well to focus on everything mm. that I want. You know, it was. Was that one of the harder parts of your life? If you don't mind talking about it, the divorce. Divorces complicated because we have so many prejudice about it the society doesn't uh, approve of it and if it's a divorce that is a not typical divorce 
that you know there's abuse and then they don't understand if you just say we don't see eye to eye or we're not in love or we're not compatible nobody understands that in the arab world it's rejected they're like what what does that even mean yeah so uh i think divorce is complicated because for us it involved two beautiful kids and you know this dilemma will do you break a family do you wait a few more years and it's this whole juggling and i think uh, if there's a best case scenario of a divorce i think i have it alhamdulillah and i give a lot of credit to her and i give a lot of credit to her family and her mom i love all of them i really do they're a great family mo i was so lucky to be part of that family truly and when they say especially in the arab world that you get married to the uh, family you definitely do and you definitely know the repercussions when you divorce one of the things i've learned more in life is one of the best ways to judge somebody is to see how they behave when they leave see how they treat you when they leave you because that's when a girlfriend or a best friend or a business partner or an ex employee then you know they're, they're, you know if they liked you or they're like ah oh, this company you know i'm so glad i left you they're like oh wow for four years you were like this employee that was so like sweet and suddenly now a piece of shit okay but now i know so you're true one of the most true moments to know somebody is when you leave there's no it's so simple huh hey it's... so i was lucky i knew how important it is when you get married to choose a good family yeah. and i knew how important they are when i got divorced even more because i know they're doing good by my kids and doing good by me they talk well about me her brother talks to me i talk to the mother nearly every day because we have kids between us such a civil a beautiful uh, pleasant relationship where i have to say thank you for giving me 9 years of your time which is expensive thank you for giving me two beautiful children which i honestly think is the best gift that i've ever had in life and uh, i have to appreciate that you know i have to and she's been great also when i'm not there and you know because you know you've seen these houses that the mother turns the kids on the father or the father and it's this ego battle and then the kids suffer and you have up kids at the end so i'm very blessed very alhamdulillah alhamdulillah it's, we, i had literally i think the best case scenario of a divorce so to answer your question it's a complicated thing because it has emotions has children um and it's you can't do it unscathed yeah. you can't you just say i hope i just get a few scratches yeah. And, yeah. and my kids just a few scratches yeah. and i hope so you know it's very rare to hear someone speak so <clears throat> positively about uh, their ex or their ex's family because typically when a divorce happens it's a shit show and it's refreshing to hear you say you know what actually it doesn't have to be because listen to my story hmm. i swear i'm not making this up i'm blessed man of in jidda is it's war in many cases but it doesn't have to be yani divorce can be civil divorce can be pleasant it's when the egos get involved it's when I have to blame somebody. No, sometimes there's a beautiful quote more I read that said uh, rejection has nothing to do with your worth but it has everything to do with your incompatibility. Wow. It's and it's a beautiful quote like I had to repeat it a few times. Yeah. And when you start thinking oh I was rejected for a job I'm I'm not worthy. No your your worth has nothing to do with the rejection. It's the incompatibility. You're not compatible for that company. Yeah. You're not compatible for this marriage. Yeah. And what started as compatible can become incompatible. 
people change yeah عادي اخي what's what's such such a big deal yeah. we should change you know you're lucky if you change in similar routes but sometimes you don't yeah yeah your mom mashallah tabarakallah la طول عمرها she's active on social media very mashallah um and I, I know she had a big effect and has a big effect on your life today but can you pinpoint exactly what kind of effect she had on Anas the person and your career or let's say new career uh, it's difficult to pinpoint uh, I, I wish it was that simple I think just my mother has been this very strange relationship and I mean it in a, in a positive light She's like a mother, sister, and close friend, all in one, because we have 18 years in between only. That's it. And uh, as a friend, yeah, she's very close friend to me, uh, closest probably. And uh, I think it's this mix that she built so much confidence in me, Mo. And uh, I have to give her like I do think my foundation is my mother, and then my electives. I I took it from life. I went here. I traveled here. I tried this. So we are very alike and very not alike. Like the team here knows her, and they can tell you the differences. But she's way more empathetic. I'm more sympathetic. I'm more logical. She's more emotional. But my foundation is her. So I I'm a graduate of Halakadam School, for sure, and I'm proud about it. Um, she never finished uni, but she has a. F- PhD in life. I don't know how she has it. Crazy man, like it's unbelievable. I, I before AB talks, and this is a true story. And this is before my mother started journey through change, which is what she does now. She takes women on hiking trips and well-being and meditation and cooking and all of that, which is beautiful for a woman. So before she started JTC, I remember going. I think it was to Goa. I don't know, maybe Austria, Goa. We were on a plane. You know, on the economy seats, you have these four seats next to each other. In the middle. So I remember we were in these four seats. And she was on my left. I don't have many memories, but this one I do. She was on the left. And I was right next to her. And you know the corridor. And the air hostess came. I think on the way there, it was a woman. And my mom is very good with acknowledging people. So she said, hey, darling, you all right? Busy day or something like that, you know? And my mom always says, always notice the people nobody does. So she said hi to her, and she starts talking to her, and then the lady sits down, because they start to have a chat. The stewardess. Oh yeah, in the corridor. So she leans down, and she's like, this is my mother's chair, so the woman is here. High level, yeah. Yeah, So she's here now. Okay. One, two, three, I think, yeah, less than 10 minutes, the woman is crying. Crying, crying, talking about something, you know, personal. And then she leaves. Of course, for us, it was awkward, as the boys are like, what's going on? Like, why is the air hostess crying? Anyways, literally, on the way back, from whatever country we were in, it was a man. Same, same actually, we were sitting similar. So passes her and she says, hey, how are you? Da, da, da. Few minutes, he's crying. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, mama, I think you gave us enough love. You need to give it to much more people. And I think that was one of the first points where my mother thought she has a bigger calling. Khalas, she's done good with her children. And uh, then she did JTC and she's helping so many women and, and, and men, I guess, indirectly. So yeah, she has a lot of things that you can learn just by watching how she treats a waiter, how she talks, how she has wisdom about life and, you know, no degree, 
just workshops and classes and courses. You don't need it also, but um, you can't teach that. So foundation, yeah, absolutely, my mother. Is that where you get it from? I get a lot, so that's why I call it a foundation. The foundation is there of a halakhah I'm teaching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Till today. Till today, she'll screw my head properly sometimes when it goes loose. You know, she'll say, ah, lahba, lahba. Calm down. Don't let it get to you or, or, or. And she'd criticize my interviews. She'd tell me, here, you should have said this word. It's good to, to hear. Keeps you in check. Absolutely. We need people around us that keep us in check. Sir. You know. Absolutely. Pops, your father? Yeah. Kind of role does he play in your life today? More formal. Formal. A very pleasant guy. Very hard worker. So I think a lot of the obsession, he had obsession about architecture and restoration of buildings in, in, in Dubai. And he's done a great job. Um so and his tidiness i noticed he bullets when he writes notes and he color codes very and you look at his address book it's, it's me so in that part i take a lot from him this intricate details and i think he, he's very passionate about his job it doesn't so, extend beyond no i don't think it was ever established i don't think he knew how to so i don't think he knew how to invest into a proper f- friendship and you need to do that early so with adam you need to do it now and don't expect it to happen just by luck when he's 18. No. Mold him. Yeah. You have to build something. This extra connection where Adam will come and say, Baba, do you know what I did in school? This is a friendship. Yeah. Khalas, he's coming to you even though he did something naughty, you know? You don't get that, you know? You want to be the first person they go to, rain or shine, and they come to you. Mm-hmm. Is there something that bothers you in people, like a trait? that If you were to meet someone or discover something about someone and mm. they did something you Anas would be like yeah I'm not going to associate myself with you because you did that yeah there are a few I don't like lazy people not my cup of tea you can be lazy but not with, not, not with me you want to be lazy be somewhere else I don't like weak people and I, when I mean weak I guess everybody's weak or insecure at something Weak is this person who's surrendered, doesn't want to do anything about it, or wants to blame the world, etc. I don't like that. Uh, fake people. Oof. I don't know. That my show is literally celebrating the opposite. So I can't. Fake, I don't like. Vague, I don't like. Uh, disloyal is a big thing. It hurts me bad. I've been uh, betrayed a few times, and I don't do well. Like, I feel like, really? After all this investment in friendship and all of this or in business and this is how just tell me. Like I'm I'm the guy who prefers uh people telling me. It's true. No. Yeah. Tell me no, at least even if it hurts, it's okay. You know? And uh liars. So they're very much intertwined, maybe yeah. all of, yeah. it's a package, you know, it's a combo. I'd rather just somebody just be honest with me. Just I think your show addresses everything that you hate in life. Yeah, and hate is a big word. I probably dislike. I don't know if I can use the word hate. Hate is is, it is yeah, it's tough word. Makes you feel like you're angry inside. I'm not angry. I just really don't like it. And when I don't like it, I can just say, thanks. Anyway, go play in the garden there, but not around me. No. Was there an episode where you felt that someone wasn't being real with you and you decided not to publish it? wasn't worthy of an A-B talks grade of production? 
nobody is probably 100% raw. It's quite an ask. I don't think anybody is probably 100% honest with themselves. So how do you expect them to be with you? So to answer, it's let's call it a spectrum. Yes, some people were less honest than what you would like. Uh, some people are less raw or less vulnerable. They could be a bit more. You're not expecting 90%. You're expecting 70, 60. Um, so yeah, some people are more. And sometimes literally in the interview, you hear me say like, really? Like, is this going to continue this way? Because it's the wrong show. Yani. So I sometimes I will address it if it's becoming too much. Like, come on. Not every answer can have an idealistic uh, approach. Um have I not published something because it was below par? No, we published all except I think two because one because the guest got divorced and the the video was still not published, so it was completely like it was like irrelevant anymore. So we had to do an, another one, and we did it later on, months after. Uh, and I remember another uh, because she she I always ask the okay to release. And she didn't give us an answer. And I was waiting. I'm like, just tell me no. Like, tell, She's like, no, no, then I don't want to. I'm like, okay, why? Is it something you said or how you looked? I don't know. But then I met her at an event. And she said, Anas, when I did the interview, I was in a very dark place. And I feel it reflects the wrong person. It's not me who was in the interview. And I'm like, would you want to do it again? She, she's like, would you want, would you allow me to do, to do it again? I'm like, yeah, if you say this, that, that's a wrong reflection. I don't want that. I want more balanced reflection of who you truly are. So we did it again. Published. And it was better than the first one. <clears throat> really? Yeah, Amazing. both actually, alhamdulillah. Amazing. But it was challenging because you have to come up with all new questions. Yeah, yeah. In our kind of show, you can't repeat the question. Like anything you're telling me now, we can't do it again. Can. It's done. I had an issue where one of the cameras weren't rolling. It's scary. I, I have, have a phobia from this. That's why you might, I did it not too much on this episode, but a couple of times I look at all three to make sure they're all recording because one time one wasn't. And I couldn't do it all over again. Yeah. <clears throat> I like how you're flexible that, uh, like, for example, with Inji's episode, who's a friend of mine from back in the day. Okay. Um, I like how she came back. You yeah. know, it doesn't mean like we do it once and that's it. She came back. She wanted to, you know, convey something that she didn't. Yeah. And it looks like you just came back from football practice. <laughs> Everybody's telling me that. <laughs> yeah. And you and you guys shot an extension. Yeah. Flexibility really is... Uh, if you can make... Look, our job, Mo, as much as possible is to bring a guest and try to show at least 30% of who they are. If you can make it 35 and they say, I want to say something, Al-Seed did the same. Al-Seed, the artist, he said, Anas, can I come back? I feel I didn't give this. I'm like, Ta'ad. And we didn't release yet, so we added it. At what point did you realize that your silence is as powerful as it is, as sukut haggak is is deafening, mm. it makes, and you did it with me a few times today, it makes the other person want to fill in the gaps. Mm. And it's something that I've learned in my show. Muhammad, ask the question, and shut your face, and don't try to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Let that guy talk. How early on in the game did you realize, Anas, say it, and ashab? I don't remember which point, but I did realize that it's a powerful thing, of course. And I do what you kind of said. Sometimes I do give myself uh, advice. Like before I interview, I'm like, Anas, two ears, one mouth. 
two years, one month. Just shut up. Yani, because it's, it's a natural instinct. We want to say something, you know. It's our ego. It's our opinion that we would like to share. So many reasons why you want to. And we're not trained to have awkward moments. Even my, I know my, my silence is awkward sometimes. Like somebody like, they're like, <laughs> but you have to teach yourself to like not give in. So it is important uh, with a spouse, with a sibling, with it's so important. And sometimes you just stay quiet and they, they say more. You're giving them permission. Uh, I was actually talking to, to Yas because Yas was trying to uh, ask Farah a question recently. That's a trip. So, so he goes, Farah, da 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 da. She asks her a question. She goes, he goes, because da da. I'm, I'm like, why are you giving her options? Because I can tell you, for example, I can say, Mo, um, what was uh, the hardest moment in your life? And then I go, now you, you're thinking, right? And I didn't even give you five. I'm like, I'm sure it was in your childhood, yeah? Leading the witness. Now, if you didn't want to, maybe you're thinking of college. I just give you an escape. So now, but if I just stay quiet and let you think, inshallah, I think 10 minutes. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to make it easy because not everybody wants to answer. So let them. It's very powerful, by the way. It is, yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. And I I almost have like a a phobia of awkward moments. So I fill in the gaps. Mm. And I and that's when I notice that you don't, and your 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 keeping quiet actually brings out something way more valuable from the guest than it would have if you were to lead him in. Oh, is it because? Okay, how about we go to the next question, and then you just lose that opportunity of truth that was about to come out of the guest. Hmm. But also, you know what? You can't teach that to somebody who wants the show to be about him or her. If that's their main goal deep down inside, it's all about what their golden nuggets are. Of course, you have something beautiful to say in the middle of your interview, but you choose your moments, yakhi, less and more, yeah? But if it's all about you, of course, every little breath you get, you're gonna jump, you know, did you know this, did you? And that's what a lot of interviewers do because they can't stand the fact that this guest is getting all of the time and they're just sitting there. So a good interview is not about you. It shouldn't be about you. You know, you'll get your moment. Took me 40 episodes to realize that. Interesting. Until I was, we did, a, we did an exercise where I started off 60% talking in the first 30 on average. And then the aggregate of the next 30 was like 22, 23%. Hmm. Yeah. Hello, yeah. nice, I like that man. And you know, uh, I read something interesting It said, if we just talk, we're just repeating something that's already in our mind You'll And if you mind. listen, you might hear something even from Adam or anybody Like, oh, oh Baba, I didn't think of it this way And when you think of it this way, yeah, you're literally recycling shit that's already in your mind yeah. What's the What's so cool about that? Unless somebody asked you, what do you think? What, okay you know, it's like a flap. When you talk, it's coming out. When you shut up, it's coming in. Mm. You know, mm. it's, we don't realize that enough that God gave us two ears going back to what you said. Yeah, he, listen, you learn something. I know you love working out. You have a gym at home. Yes. And I know you speak a lot about yoga. Mm. Are those your talking about leading the witness? How do you manage stress? Yoga, I don't do 
anymore. Uh, she's the yogi. Um, yoga, I did try uh, with a friend of mine who always, uh, he, he gets really good instructors and one of them was really good. So I like yoga when it's convenient, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to act like it's a practice. Gym, yes. I really like training with my trainer. It's a lot of core and yeah. But what was the question on these two? How do I? How do you manage stress? Are those ways that you manage stress? For sure. So before COVID, um, I used to train, I would say two times a week, sometimes three on a good week. When COVID hit and we were stuck at home, I'm like, this shit, I need to be sharp. I can't get depressed. I can't get miserable. I have four to six companies with employees who have responsibility, who has families, I can't be the one who crumbles now or fire people. So I really didn't want to fire anybody. I'm like, I'm going to slash my salary. I, I saw this Japanese article about these top corporates where the senior management would slash their in financial crisis, crises um, to allow the other employees, the lower grade employees to stay. So they would, the directors would go, which I thought was so cool. Excellent. Like that's team. So I'm like, you know what? Worst case is the senior management. You know, we have to go down, but, and mentally I can't lose it. I have to think, how can we make money? Maybe we need to do COVID precaution videos on social, whatever. So I started working out six times a week and I haven't stopped after. And kept me sharp. And I, I, it's the mind, I forget the body. Mind. 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 You're sharp, you feel good. Sounds it's very difficult not to feel good after a workout. You know, you shower, even if you're tired in the workout after the shower, like, you know, like feel good. You become better as a, as a question asker. The content becomes better hmm. by spending time in, in, in the gym. Life working out as a podcaster or interviewer is so much better than as far as content is concerned compared to a podcaster who does not work out. I've seen it in myself. Interesting. Of course. Yeah. You got to get your heart jacked up 30 minutes a day. Yeah. You have to. The, the circulation of it all. So many times. If I didn't have a workout this morning and yesterday, a few things would not have come to mind in this interview. And maybe it would have been a bit shorter. Honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really underemphasized what that does to you and how it makes you feel as a human being. You know, you preach about it a lot. Yeah. Biologically, it's in the science. I think it's dopamine or yeah, endorphins. Endorphins. Yeah. Well, you feel better. Totally. Uh, somebody asked me this question um, off air once, and I was like, I love it so much, I'm going to use it in an episode. Hmm. He said, Mohammed, what's something that people should experience once in their life? And I answered it in the beginning of the episode. Hmm. I said, being a father. Yeah. How would you tackle that? To answer, I think fatherhood is a beautiful thing, even if it's not your child. I think you should adopt. You don't have to have your kid. It's okay. There are enough kids that don't have parents that deserve something. And I said, I love that. I think it's beautiful. I have an adopted brother also, which is beautiful. Tarak. Uh, something you should experience. Hmm. It's a good question. You know, you have to think. Yeah, what have, what The question is, what have I experienced that I think somebody also should. I think traveling. I was going to tell you there's something that's right under your nose that you're not travel. I think travel is important. Yeah. It's really important. Fatherhood, I'm with you. Yeah. And just being passionate about something and working hard is really nice, man. It's fun. Yeah. You're blessed to know, to find a passion, you know? So. How about rejection? What about it? Experiencing rejection. 
Mm. Do you think it's something that people should, everyone should experience? No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, advocate of contrasts. You need uh, the sweet and the bitter. You need the nice and the not so nice, the good and the evil. You need a bad hotel to know a good one, a bad relationship to appreciate a better one. Contrast is so important. So rejection makes the yes much more tasty, you know? <laughs> so true. So, and I've got rejected a lot and I don't mind those. Yeah. Psh, it's fine. It's like getting to the championship game and you lose the final. Mm. Everyone would tell you it's better to lose the semis than the final. So, yeah. And then the next year you win. Uh, so mm. tasting that makes the championship so much more mm. tasteful. See, I don't mind I don't mind rejection. I mind not trying. That would bother me. But if I try and I get a no, it's okay, I try again. Yeah. yeah. Ties into what you said earlier about something a trait you hate in, in, in people, which is weakness. Weakness, not trying. They're very closely related. Mm. Put in the effort and you don't know where it can so, go. I respect a trier. Yeah. For me, failure is surrender. Mm. You cannot, if you have any respect for yourself, you cannot call a trier a failure. No. As long as he's trying, you have no right to say they're failure, failures. No way. You have 114 episodes published. You are so known, mashallah, tabarakallah, from what you've done. Is there something out there that people don't know about Anas? And can you share that thing? Probably many things, you know. A lot of people don't realize that I have a very lame sense of humor. I'm very silly. Uh, Silly's good. I love, I love, I laugh at my own jokes. I'm that type of guy. Dad jokes for sure. Uh, Dad jokes. Yeah, at a certain time, like even my family would look at me, they're like, Ah, okay, now's the time for your lame. And they know it's after a certain time. I think after I get out of work mode, I become... So I think that they don't know. Uh, what else? I think I'm quite an open book, though. Yeah, I don't know. Would you say today you have everything you've ever wanted? Never. Listen, you're hungry for more. Yeah, till I die. Yeah. What's the point of living if there's no goal? Yeah. I have a, I have you for five more minutes. Mm. I keep getting stares. No, <laughs> <laughs> you meet 18-year-old Anas today. Mm. And you have three words to say to him. Three words. Three words to 18-year-old Anas. Anas when he's 40. Three words to him so he can... 18, I was a high school boss. It's tricky because the thing is, look, I'll tell you why I don't like this question. I not don't like in a bad way. Because if I do that, I would change sitting here. I see what you mean. I, so I'm always reluctant with this question because I'm like, if you tamper with the past, and I'll tell you what I would have answered. But if you tamper with it, you don't get to AB Talks and get to what you reach today. The butterfly effect. Yeah. So that's why I don't like this answer. So let's say there is no butterfly effect. Hypothetical. Uh, maybe I'd say because I knew at 18 I was a good footballer, I would say push harder for football. Maybe. But it doesn't mean I don't love what now. Like now you tell me go back and become a footballer, I tell you no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my journey brought me to this. This is what I see myself doing, you know. Try but that. that's maybe one one scenario. Football really is in, in your, oh, in big your time. veins. It huh? was, yeah, yeah. You think about I would have been a coach's dream. 
by the the diligence and the hard work and I won't take shortcuts. I would live a healthy life. Like I'm the guy, the the, the coach wants. Do you have any videos of of you playing back? A few, yeah, yeah, a few, yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing any of them. Mm. Yeah, you have that. Not when you said striker, you have the physique. That was very fast of a number nine. No, no, now I'll pull a hamstring for sure. <laughs> so I don't even try. But I was always the fastest or second fastest. Number nine, uh, eleven. Eleven. Muhammad mm. Salah and you have something. Did you get him on, Mo Salah? Not yet. Okay, I yeah. like I like the last word of that. Yeah. I guess you'd like to have one that you haven't had already besides Mohammed Salah. Many, you know, a lot of people ask me this question. There are so many people, Mo. I could ask you the same and me and you will sit down for half an hour. And a lot of them passed away. Yani the ones that I could, yesterday I was talking about this, the ones that I was able to get and I didn't, and I'm like, ah, it's Kobe. I missed out uh, because I never thought he'd die. So I'm like, oh, when I go to LA, you know, like that. You don't think I'll go. I'll talk to my friend who knows him and we'll, I, I wasn't in a hurry. What a legend. Maradona, because he didn't speak English, which is now sounds like the stupidest decision because I've never done something in a language that I don't speak. But it's, the, it's Maradona. Even 20 minutes interview would, be, would have been cool, you know? Way to do that. You dub it the way yeah, they do it on or live. Or bring a live translator, live translator and, he, and yeah. we cut them out. Yeah, you can, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was, I think, silly. Uh, the ones they approached me and it didn't work out was Virgil Abloh. That would have been interesting. A month before he passed away. Imagine. So these are three. And you had a date? No, it didn't work out. They, any. Were, was... they, were, they were interested. They reached out, uh, an organization, and just didn't work out. Maybe he was not feeling great. Uh, the, I don't know. So these, of course, you have Muhammad Ali, you have... Uh, Mandela, like a lot of personalities that if they were alive, you'd be, wow, Larry King. Uh, and But still, alhamdulillah, we have an influx of personalities, you know, you want to just sit with. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised you didn't get on yet. I know. Who? Shigeri. No. Uh, everybody tells me that. No. Mm. Fazza. Fazza has been requested also a few times because uh, Sheikh Hamdan... Allah Father, he doesn't, uh, I don't know if he has any long interview. So people are so curious about his mindset and his creativity. You never know. He's such a beautiful personality, the way he, <laughs> with his life for animals. And <laughs> you want to know more about that person. What mm. an episode that would be. If anyone can land it, it's so, be you. Why not? Last thing, last mm. question. I know you got to go. <clears throat> Something you wish to accomplish in this lifetime before it's all said and done. Um, the only thing I want is I don't want to die without feeling I hit at least majority of my potential you don't want to die like half cooked you know you hope you get health you hope you live well and you hope you leave a mark that you know that people still speak good to you to your kids people remember you well or watch your video or your interview and still it has this legacy effect and it will dwindle down and people will forget us but at least the longer the scent remains i think the better so i want to fulfill at least majority of my potential that's it yeah and if it was out of a hundred percent i know i said it was the last question if uh, what percentage would you give how much you have accomplished so far in percentage 20. 20. Mm. 
You remind me of Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum when he was talking about what uh, percentage of the vision of Dubai was built so far, and he said something like 15, 10, mm-hmm. 15%. Yeah. There's a lot more yeah, kid. you, you want to go for, huh? Mm. Did not expect that answer. I, I would have thought that it was higher up. No, it's the first uh, number that came to my mind, yeah, what I felt. I love that. I love how driven you are. It, there's a lot we can learn from how driven you are. Even someone who's so accomplished as Anas Bukhash, uh, he's only accomplished 20% of his goal. He sees 80% less, 80% left unfulfilled. Hmm. Um, and if that doesn't make you want to get out and be the person you are, I don't know what the hell will. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. Last really day, I think we made it happen. Yeah, yeah, by miracle. I didn't even know you were based here. Well, so when you're like, I'm here, welcome. I'm like, Oh, you're here because I saw you. I think, and no, I saw you here. Yeah, I saw you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah, time, yeah, yeah. I know you meet podcasters all over the world. La wallah. And you, I don't forget, especially. And the way we met was nice. Somebody told me you need to meet Mo on the uh, boat. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, uh, who's one? They're like, he has this show, da, 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 da. and then you came and like, man, Anas, like, uh, you're one of the reasons. You said the same thing you said today. One of the reasons I started my show. So I didn't forget if that. If it's the truth, you won't forget it. No. Sorry. Can I be truthful about something else? Sure. <clears throat> when I messaged you yesterday and I said, can you come over for coffee and a chat? I didn't mean episode. Mm. I thought for a second. And no. when you interpreted this episode, I was like, okay, f- it, I'll get ready for it. Mm. So I set up the cameras. I started working on the questions. You were like, how long? When you said, how long is it going to be for? I was like, uh, 60 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just went off the cuff. Mm. What is it? Success is when opportunity meets luck yeah equals success hmm. this was an opportunity and you took it uh, uh, and i, I got, respect uh, this a lot i'm a big yeah. big supporter of this yani god gives you these windows yeah most people don't don't hold on to it or don't try i was telling my wife that if i knew anas was coming in a week i would have over prepared hmm. and it would have been a shittier episode <laughs> than when he confirmed three hours before coming Probably. So I'm just going to leave, leave it at that. And thank you so much mm. for coming. I love you. I love everything you do. Again, how you. This was the, nice. Yeah, it really I enjoyed was. the compliment. Thanks, thank really you. Love it. Good luck to us. Yes. Boston. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. We'll need every bit of luck. <laughs>